0: Hello, welcome to the ninth episode of Cricket with the West Coast Infidels. This is Vasant. along with me are my co-hosts, Ramakrishna and Vijay Kumar. We are cricket tragics living in the West Coast of the United States and love to incessantly talk about the sport at every given opportunity. In this episode, we will be first talking about the Battle of Virat, aka the Test at Motera, and wrap up the series. In addition, we will also touch up on the WPL. The much-anticipated Border-Gavaskar Trophy series is over. India has once again reasserted their dominance at home with another series win. And again, has been a result of Team India managing to play better in critical phases of different games. In the first test, spin bowling all-rounders batted Australia out of the game. Then there were two phases in Test 2, where the same group of players first batted India out of trouble and then bowled India to a winning position. Even in the fourth test, It was the same group that kept Australia quiet for the better part of the first two days and even managed to bowl them out for a score lower than what would have allowed Australia to attack. We lost the one game where these three did not reproduce their magic, either with bat or ball. The heroes of the series in my mind are no doubt the trio of Ravindra Jadeja, Ravichandra Rashwin and Aksar Patel.
1: I thought you were going to talk about the umpires. Glad you mentioned the (laughs)
0: speakers. (laughs) Nutin (laughs) Menon them the bowling was relentless the batting lineup was extended how much one wishes that at least one of them was a seam bowler really looking forward to that five test series early next year against this exciting english team it should be a brilliant contest between this group of bowlers and a fearless english batting unit finally, in india finally virat kohli made it happen after looking so good but repeatedly getting out in unusual ways over the last year or so it was a set eight innings by standards understandable as we needed to make sure that Australia did not get a toehold in the game and probably influenced by the non-availability of higher. The lovely off-drives after the 100 was a glimpse of what might have been in other circumstances. Hopefully, this will stop the non-stop excessive criticism by his various detractors and the needlessly caustic overcompensation from some of his ardent fans. At the end of the day, he is an elite sports person and there will be crests and troughs with regards to performing at the requisite level of excellence. Gil showed He belongs with an accomplished 100, which has more or less sealed his position as the second opener in the team. And then we had Axer's batting evolving magnificently. Our bowlers might not have picked up many wickets, but they never let the Australians get away and post a formidable score. In particular, the spinners kept things pretty tidy in spite of having to bowl more than 100 overs in the first innings. This in turn allowed to close out the possibility of defeat once we got to their first innings total, which we ultimately handily crossed. What are your thoughts on the fourth test and the series? So the difference between this test and the three preceding
2: ones, I guess, like chalk and cheese, right? While they stuck to a specific formula, a pitch formula, that is, for the first three tests resulting in three-day games, they just simply decided to swing from one extreme to the other by producing, at least in my living memory, one of the most benign pitches that I can think of. I mean, the last one that I could think of, which was equally benign, was very similar to what we saw Rohit do in this game bring Gil and Pujara to bowl a few overs at the end of the game. Taking me back to the 2002 Antigua Test where all 11 players on the Indian side actually bowled, including Ajay Ratra who was a wicket-keeper who actually made 100 when India batted.
0: Was it the same test when Ridley
2: Jacobs made a 100? India made 570 or something, and then West Indies responded with 670, and then the match got over. With was all it 11 the, the game in with,
1: uh, with Kumble's jaw, or was that a different game? That same was game? a
2: different game. That was Port of Spain. This was Antigua, uh, I but, think. But I same, same series though, it. right? Same series, yeah, same yeah. series, yes. Just unbelievable. <clears throat> I mean, like Ajay Ratra deciding to bowl an over so that Ganguly could check. All 11 players bowled in this test match. People who took wickets, by the way, included Raul Dravid and Wasim Jafar. They took wickets. Anyway, that is 2002. Back to 2023. You have to mention the Virat Kohli hundred. You have to mention it. He hasn't scored one since that pink ball test against Bangladesh in November of 2019. And my God, what a wait! And and uh, he did this very interesting a- a interview on the BCCI website. And ESPN Cricinfo has done a full-fledged article transcribing that entire interview, which is very interesting read. After the first two tests got over, I was very confident that a 4-0 series win was on the cards. But possibly that really long break in the middle allowed the Aussies to recoup. So, And then of course, going into the third test, that th- collapse prior to lunch in Indore did not help. And that may well have been the point at which India gave away the momentum. And now that they're going to get together again at the Oval to play the final. The Aussies will have their tails up, as Ravi Shastri would say. So we may have just conceded some of that momentum there. Some of the winners and losers on the Indian side, of course, Gil, the heir apparent has arrived and he has finally started doing justice to that immense talent that he showcased on debut on Boxing Day back in Australia. And I hope this is the first of many, many hundreds that he scores at home. I mean, he is, after all, the anointed one. Kohli is back. I think he ended with around 300 runs for the series, which makes him the top scorer, at least on the Indian side. Akshar is just little. And that's quite the turnaround, I mean, coming from Kohli. And then, of course, the three spinners, Basant, mentioned all three of them. Two were amazing with the ball, with the bat. The third was amazing with the bat, Patel, that is. And he looked so assured that we may well start seeing a case being made sort of just simply play him as a specialist batter at the WTC final, particularly with Sayer's availability being a little unclear. On the Australian side, Kwaja was the big winner. The poor guy has done three tours. This is his third tour of India. This is the only tour where he's actually got to play a game, all four. And, and I think he at a very ripe age of 36, 37, I think that's what he is now. How well did he bat? He was he must be seen as Australia's MVP. And then the other opener, Warner had a completely contrasting story, right? I mean, he may have well played his last test for Australia. I don't know if the Aussies decide to give him like this India-style farewell like we do to our players. Coach uh, McDonald, McDonald, he wants him
1: for the final. So he made okay. for one of the final.
2: So if he's going to play the final, I'll take that. He has a he has a deadly bad record in England. We can use that. If that's going to be his favourite test, so be it. I'm not nitpicking. And then, of course, their own spinners, Goat, uh, Lion. You know, he reminded us why he is called that. He was superb. I mean, he has a better record in India than Chainwond does. I and mean, he has a better record than Muruli does, which is like, Quite something when you think about it, right? And uh, there were so many of these lovely head-to-head performances leading to a bunch of this Lion versus Ashwin, which has been quite an intriguing, enjoyable conversation. Murphy I think he was the other one he impressed and with Lion being where he is in the twilight of his career 100 plus tests he may well be the guy that the Baton sort of passes to I don't see Kahneman playing that role I, I kind of liked what Murphy did more than Kahneman and then finally kudos to the Indian spinners for keeping Steven Smith in check the guy who made 300s on the last tour Ended up without a 100, of course, but a highest of 38 and an average of 29. That's not the Smith we know at all, right? And his career average has finally dipped below 60 after a really, really long time. He first hit 60 back in February of 2016. I mean, he keeps slipping into the 59s every now and then. But he's been steadily averaging 60 plus for like 7, 8 years now, which is quite some achievement so hopefully this may be the downward trend the beginning of the downward trend where he goes from 59 and hopefully to 58 and 57 and he has an average 57 in a really 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 long time in a decade i think so that should be interesting to see where that kind of goes Vijay
1: yeah the last test let's start there right That zero demons for the batters so let's just focus on the two big batters from either side with Virat actually i'm Probably not that excited about this 100 for a reason. Yes, it was a daddy 100, 186. And he got out only while trying to push the score long. So probably his one big aerial shot that that's when he got out. The positives about this innings is, you know, despite Australia bowling that negative line and tempting him on the leg side, with seven fielders patrolling the leg side, he seldom went for the predictable shots. He was ready to play it out, no cross-batted efforts. One thing was, at least I saw twice, even full tosses along those lines, he did not go aerial. He kind of Mm. batted it away at the leg side for a single. So his whole focus that innings was around staying at the crease. And that delivered big time for India. So 186 on top of Gill's century is really what pushed us over the line handsomely. But look at the pitch and look at the bowling. No lateral movement, which means that he was not getting those outside edges at the fifth stop. So he was able to place those cover drives exactly where he wanted. He did not have to do any cut shots or anything like that. So basically the pitch allowed for him to play to his strengths and no spin also in evidence, which meant that his lack of reflexes that I've been observing, it did not kind of show up. So to a large extent, the pitch and the attack masked some of his recent you know, misgivings, uh, but that has been eclipsed by going on to score a really big one. I wouldn't just yet, that particular corner, I don't think has turned it around don't yet. It. But it's good to see him among runs. And now the whole thing is how will he capitalize on this? And then what is going to boost the rest of his test uh, playing career, starting with the WDC finals? Okay, the other batter from that we all wanted to see turned out better in the captaincy department than in the batting department, like you pointed out. I'm talking about Smith. Yeah, it's 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 like funny how now I think he is now has two wins, two losses, and two draws as a captain for Mm, Australia. In India. Mm. (laughs) So, possibly one of the more successful captains to have been here. So, I also liked how things fell in place for him. He got Cameron Green. He got Head also moving. Quadja was already performing. So, to be honest, Labushin, Smith, Carey as well they never really played any substantial innings. But to have those three not contribute and still, uh, I have to mention Hanscom, Hanscom has been pretty consistent as well. So to come off it with just uh, one deficit is partly to his captaincy, I would say. So we, we saw him, how animated he was and all that. So that second half, Twins Smith's half, Australia uh, did not lose a single game. Sample size of two, but... Still, they didn't lose a single Anyway, I think it looks like he will continue to captain the Aussie side in the one-dayers in mm. the coming absence. So he, at least on the captain's department, he signs off with, with flying colors. Okay, let's talk about the series as a whole. For me, it kind of started looking at how Rohit and Jereja started off really well and then started sliding in form and performance, and that kind of reflected in how India performed as well. Funnily enough, rahul has not played in a game which india has lost in this series <laughs> so lucky talisman or whatever you want to call it Gil performed well but india did not go on to win so these are the funny traits that india had in this series but again when rohit jadeja performance were pedestrian so was india's then our good friend barat it was ups and downs did i read it or did i hear it on air i don't remember now but Tesh Kartik was talking about how he kind of plants more towards his left foot than his right foot. So he was not moving well to his right. So catches were getting dropped there. But he was moving very well to his left, including that Cameroon green catch that he was just miraculously at the right point for that catch now that I think of it. If it's just a technical flaw, that can be corrected in time for WTC. But if the something more around confidence or you know basic skill, then it's going to be a problem in the long run. So Batting also, we saw him kind of open up in the yeah. last test. Played some glorious it's, shots. i just going to say that. Yep. Yeah, that that second half during the third day, India actually scored only fifty something in the second session, and then in the. Fourth day, when they had to look for runs, that one over from Green, I think, went for some good targets. The and then runs kept going. So that was a big push for India, what Bharat did to get them to the score that they did. They, at least the platform was there, but the pitch had nothing to offer, so we couldn't
2: capitalize. Yeah. And that day over in which he took Cameron Green on, right? I mean, That was Cameron Green's second over in that spell. The first over, he kept bowling bouncers at him. And this guy kept tucking.
1: He was swaying away.
2: Right? So he kept tucking. And then in the second over, he decided this is not going to work. And, uh, you know, Virat Kohli was facing. So Virat Kohli he got a bouncer, which he sort of hooked in the classical style, wrist rolling, everything, keeping it on the ground. And then this chap comes, he gets a ball two, which is like a bouncer. He hooks him for six, despite a guy being position there for the catch does it again twice in a row Mm -hmm. and then hits the third you know for a for a boundary through point so i mean why i say this is is because to your point around confidence right i mean it purely seems like a technique issue in in terms of how he misses that catch moving to his right And, and the point that dk made i didn't catch it on air so i don't know what he said it doesn't seem like a it seems more like a technique problem which our fielding coach should sort out rather than a confidence issue. I mean, again, I I keep mentioning Reader's book, which I read. I think I mentioned it on an earlier recording as well. And he does a really good job of describing the amount of uh, time and energy he put in to fix Rishabh Pant's wicket keeping. He describes it rather painstakingly as to how bad Pant was and how much effort they put in and stuff like that. I mean, this new coach, T. Dilip, I think his name is, you probably do well to read that chapter and apply it with KS Bharat.
1: Yeah. many slip between the cup and dilip, I think.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: All right, you win, man. Brilliant. You guys have summarized the series beautifully. I just want to add one thing, which is what Ian Chappell said, that Australia didn't have Cam Green until the third test. And that took down their balance. Once he was available, he gave you the fifth bowler, he gave you a number six bat, and that changed the perspective, that changed the whole structure of their team. And that made a difference. And you have a guy who's bowling in the 140s, who's opening the bowling with the main lead quick. So that did make a difference. And I do think had Cam Green been fit through the series, and Mitchell Stuck also been available, this Australian team probably would have had a few more teeth. Yeah. i'm not saying that we would have lost another very interesting takeaway was from what ashwin said in an interview after Once the in fourth a
2: generation game.
0: Hmm. yeah he no not just about cam green oh, about okay. the whole series ah, he was very clear saying that no we did not outplay australia it just happened that we took our opportunities when they came even when we were 2-0 up we knew very well that both the games could have gone the other way so we were not in any way thinking that the series can be easily won. We knew it was going to be tough and that's how it panned out. And Virat Kohli also made a very subtle mention saying that, yes, I had to bat slowly because I did not want to give them an opportunity. We know how this these guys take their opportunities and make something out of it. So what is very good is I think the team was very cognizant of the fact that this Australian team is good and we were not going to be taking them easy at any point of time. What did not help us this tour was we still don't know anything about our team balance outside India. If anything, we know that inside India, we have wonderful team balance because we've got three spinners who also back, but we don't know what's going to happen outside. A lot of questions have been raised about the wicket Keeper. Could well be just a lot of external chatter, but we don't know. We know that there was a push to play Sean Kishan in the last test. And the team management said nothing doing. Bharat continues. And Bharat did bat very well. So we'll see. Because the WTC final is in England. We'll be weaker in the batting lineup because we'll only play one of the three spinners, which essentially means we have Lord at eight. Yeah. So we don't know where this is going.
1: The last game a total. You know? Takur
2: made twin 50s let's not forget that in a game that India won yeah and first innings 50 saved the game because yeah, exactly. it took India to 190 or something and yeah. Kohli made a 50 as well
0: hmm. you also remember that 64 that he made at the Gabba
2: Gabba yeah, that set up that game correct
0: Takur cannot be underestimated he is very special with this, we wind up discussions on yet another terrific Border Gavaskar Trophy. Congratulations to both teams. They played a very competitive series in a more sportive and amicable way possible. It was yes. a delight to finally get to see how Marnas Labushin plays in India. He's a very good player. He didn't come off in the tour, but he clearly is a terrific batsman. Usman Khwaja's triumph in India after two tours of carrying drinks and missing yes. homework. Finally, he played well. Nathan Lyon is a great. He was brilliant. I personally loved watching Todd Murphy bowl. Not sure if we will see Smith, Stark, Warner, Kwaja and Lyon playing tests in India again. Four more years. All of these guys in their mid to late 30s, we may not see them. And might be the case for Hazelwood also. Who knows? The next door we might have Cameron Green wearing the captain's armband.
2: And they're going to play five tests, don't forget.
0: Exactly. The fact of the matter is that the test series between India, Australia and England are keeping this format alive. And that probably will continue to be the case given the kind of emerging talent in these countries. This English summer is going to be fun. All three teams are going to be in action between June and August. Folks in England are going to see a lot of good cricket. With this, we transition to our undercard topic of the day. The first edition of the Women's Premier League. Welcome back. As of the time of this recording, we have reached the 60% point of the league phase of the WPL Season 1. The Mumbai Indians are most certainly the team to beat they have already qualified for the playoffs with three games to go. Harmanpreet Kaur is increasingly looking like the one to don the mantle of the Tala of the WPL. What a fantastic batter and she has been an astute leader through the tournament. Perhaps the WPL is the finishing school for her captaincy skills. The Delhi Capitals have also been playing some very good cricket, especially when their openers get going. As things stand, they have also qualified for the playoffs, except for the situation where Gujarat, somehow covers a huge net run rate differential while running the table and DC losing everything. Not going to happen. The other three teams have been disappointing, but one of them will finish third. The UP Warriors have been up and down. Gujarat seems lost and seemed to melt down when faced with any pressure, not to mention making some very dubious selections. The fifth team, RCB, inexplicably started off very slowly in spite of the star-studded cast. At this point, they have to win all their games and hope that other results go their way, for which they will need their captain to come to the party in order to launch any kind of comeback. As far as Team India is concerned, this WPL edition was always going to be about uncapped players who will break through the national team and which national players will enhance their reputation skills since their roles change from in the national team setup. The first person is undoubtedly the Bengal and Mumbai Indian spinner Saika Ishak. She's going to be on the radar, the selectors will challenge Rajeshwari Gaikwad for a place in the T20 national team. Apparently, she has been around in the domestic circuit for a long time, never made any waves. This tournament could be a turning point. The second uncapped player whom caught my attention is a Karnataka and RCB all-rounder, Sriyanka Patil. A good striker of the ball, a very handy off-spinner. She could potentially graduate to play for India in a few years. As regards established players... One certainly hopes that she's form is going to be a permanent factor. This will alter the dynamics of Team India. Harman Kreet Kaur has quite resoundingly proved that she is India's best woman cricketer and her captaincy and demeanour have been simply outstanding. Harleen Deol and Yastika Bhatia have looked better and better as the tournament progressed. Unfortunately, several of the first-choice Team India players have struggled a bit, in particular Mandana and most of the bowlers. As regards the foreign players, Haley Matthews has been spectacular and so has been the case with NSB. Perry and Knight have demonstrated why they've been so successful. I do think they've been batting a little too low so far. As expected, Meg Lanning continues to show why she's one of the best in the business. And then we had Alyssa Healy and Talia McGrath hit some big 90s. Sophie Eccleston is the Rashid Khan of the women's game. You just can't get runs out of her. That's four overs for 20 runs you're done with <laughs> among the lesser known folks grace harris is a star alice Capsi is a tremendous talent and just 17 years of age and then izzy wong 18 years old a lot of fun to watch many if not most of the foreign players have been very impressive one topic that has already dominated the airways is rcb struggles. the franchise in particular skipper mandana have already been at the receiving end of a lot of criticism but this is not a surprise Several weeks ago during one of our earlier podcasts, we had called out that RCB had only three capped players and hence would need to dip into the uncapped group to fill their playing level. Only one of the uncapped players seems to have the requisite competition competence. To make matters worse, the three India team players have not been able to continue their form from the World Cup. So the 0-5 start is not exactly a huge surprise. Interestingly, the Mumbai Indians men's team might have a similar issue as they are now down to three capped players in Rohit, Sky and Kishan with Chavla unlikely to pay too many games. I don't know what the TV ratings are but would not be surprised if they are reasonably good even though they might have been impacted a bit by the Ahmedabad test match. The tournament has been good so far at least and definitely worth a watch. I am Definitely very keen to watch the return game between the Mumbai Indians and the Delhi Capitals on March 20th. That should be a humdinger. The format has the league topper going into the final. And then the 2nd and 3rd place teams who will play a qualifier. So no team will want to slip up and lose that advantage. Conventional wisdom suggests MI and DC will finish in the top 2. And then we will see a battle between the other 3 teams for the 3rd spot. So the 3 return matches involving these teams will be critical. The tournament structure is such that 2 wins would be mathematically sufficient to advance. So, RCB is not yet eliminated. Ram, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I got to do my RCB rant here, right, for a second. I get uh, Subhati Mandana has not been in the runs. Renuka Singh has been poor. Richa Go also off and on. I think she had a couple of innings as a finisher, but has been pretty much off and on. And that's really where the problem lies. And of course, of the uncapped community, Sri Patel, as you pointed out, has been the only one that has really stepped up to the extent that we can say, oh, okay, this, she's pulling her weight. And that's been primarily RCB's problem. I would also argue that their foreign players have not really pulled their weight to the extent they could. I was just thinking about it. Has Elise Perry for example, ever been part of a team that has actually lost five games on the trot probably never but anyway with rcb some things really never change right the calculators always come out somewhere midway in the tournament to explore all the possible permutations and combinations who will lose to who so that rcb can make it and this one's been no different But that said, I got to point out the whole MI domination. They've been unbelievably good. You know, Harman has been great with the bat, great as a captain. The squad has really kicked off. Haley Matthews has been unstoppable at the top of the order. I think she was an afterthought of a selection at the auction, if my memory serves me right. But big pay dirt for MI. And I think the other thing that I do want to point out was that unbelievable innings from Shafali Verma, making 70-odd at a strike rate of 200-plus. Sort of mind-blowing innings, I thought. And I hope it stays that way. You pointed out to Vasan. She's been out of form for a really, really long time. Even captaining the under-19 team, which is a step well below her international standard she was not making runs though India did win the cup finally and everything so it is really refreshing to see that change and and I saw her publicly acknowledge that Meg Lanning had given her some advice on what to change about her technique and that seems to have helped her but if that's the case you know that is fantastic. I and mean, this is really what I'm hoping the WPL can do for all these women. Playing with champions like Lanning ramps up your learning curve very, very quickly. And I think if you really even think about it, you know, the women have been losing the big moments when they go play ICC tournaments. And, and exposure like this can only help. Let's see how the rest of it goes from here. Vijay?
1: Yeah, the halfway point, actually, it's really been tale of two cities, Mumbai and Delhi, right? So Mumbai Indians, even numbers wise, when you look at it, Mumbai Indians have scored some 801 runs so far from 86.5 overs that they have faced. Almost similar, Delhi capitals have scored 800 runs from the same 86.5 overs. Mm. So it's neck and neck. Yes, Delhi Capitals lost to Mumbai in their face-off, but otherwise it's it's been really story about these two teams. And Mumbai has given away only 590 runs out of the 100 overs that they've bowled. And Delhi has been a little bit more on the generous side with 696 runs. But if you take the other three teams, obviously they have scored less than they have bowled to. So this has really been my story, this WPL. Mumbai Indians reign at the top, five out of five. I really did not expect to see them dominate to this level, but yeah. The is leading from the front and the people are responding. Again, that Shefali, I, I call it capital punishment for the Giants. <laughs> there was like, what, seven and odd overs and then the game was done. So I have to call out Adani was on hand to, as the toss mascot for that game. But poor thing, she was wearing the orange jersey. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm sure she had a great experience there. And the third team that I'm looking at now is the UP Warriors. And uh, I have a feeling that they might be peaking at the right time. So they have some really good competitors in their rank. And when called upon at, at critical games, they just might pull one over the fence. We need to watch those girls closely even when they take on the second half of this tournament. I can't say the same for either the Giants or the Challengers You guys have kind of called out player to player what's going on there. But let's just take some interesting things that from a strategy point that some of these teams have employed, right? Even for Delhi, Tara Norris has bowled very less number of overs, if you look at it. Mm -hmm. Despite the five wickets in the opening game, they persist with her as the sixth or even seventh bowling option. So after that five, actually, I think she has only eight wickets so far, but she has picked up wickets whenever she has been called on to bowl but she has only bowled like an over here or two overs there i think they're going to maybe they're saving her for the second half not to overburden her with a lot of overs up front i don't know but it seemed a little strange as to how little she has bowled for the impact she has created again the other player i've been trying to keep track of is snake rana right so Mm. i personally feel she's a better better than the position that she comes in. In fact, in one of the games, she came in at number 10. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, why mm. so low down the order? As a captain, shouldn't she be taking the reins and dictating some of these games? So it was really strange to see how some of these teams are using that talent. Doesn't seem optimal at the moment, but let's see how the second half unfolds.
2: Yeah, that was in the game where Delhi wrapped things up in seven overs. She batted it at 10. 10?
0: couple of things. Tara Norris is not very quick. And what's going to happen is the wicket's getting slower. She's going to be a slightly more difficult customer to play in the second half because the ball is going to stop compared to the other quick. So I will not be surprised if she's going to bowl a little bit more in the second half than in the first half. The Sneirana situation, I think she hurt her hand. She was mm. barely able to hold the bat and there were some struggles in that game. And I think she was sort of forced to play that game. Because she's the captain. But the problem with Gujarat is somewhere in the selection setup. They had the opener from England. Dunkley blatted beautifully in one game. Then they dropped her immediately afterwards. They brought in Volvart. Volvart was gobbled up by that Marizan Cup performance. And then they dropped Volvart promptly and then brought in Dunkley again. There so I go. think mm. these guys are the Punjab kings of the women's side with some needlessly crazy combinations that they're playing. They have a good team, but they're just messing it up completely. But I'm with you guys. I mean, Warriors are the number three team. Deepthi Sharma has not come to the party. That could make a difference. Anyway, to me, it is still early days, but all the indications are the WPL is here to stay. There was a concern about the lack of domestic talent that has not been erased, except for a couple. Nobody came through. But we knew that all along that the more established stars will take the bigger roles. But I was hoping for some more of these uncapped players to come through. It's not happened really. But at least these guys should benefit from the exposure, hanging around with these stars. You spend time with Meg Lanning at the Nets, you're going to do better, even if you don't play a game. I do think that there is merit in expanding this league by one more team sooner than later. Bring in some more uh, foreign players. And we'll get some more Indian players into the mix. But then again, I think when we get a better or a more complete picture of the commercials, then we will know Mm -hmm. whether this is really doing well or not. And that is what will dictate an expansion of this league. So let's see. So any final thoughts? No, I think you've covered it. Vijay and Ram, I have a question for you guys. What do you think will happen if LSG recruits Venkatesh Prasad to be their team mentor?
2: Well, if
1: LSG recruits Venkatesh Prasad to be the team mentor, chances are that Twitter will become the main battlefield for LSG, not the pitch. <laughs> uh,
2: absolutely. The games will move online. They'll probably start playing book cricket with each other or something like that. The mind boggles at that, that possibility even for a brief second of seriousness. You know, Venki has been openly speaking about how he is not part of the IPL gravy train and uh, it just boggles the mind that he could you know, end up as a mentor at LSG with his favorite uh, captain, KL Rahul, Gautam Gambhir.
0: I'd love those team management meetings with Grumpy Gambhir, Twitter <laughs> Venkatesh and Clueless KL. If any of those things happen... We will talk about it in the next episode. Thank you for listening in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Cricket with the West Coast Infidels. As ever, we would love to hear your thoughts about this episode as well as the podcast in general. Please note that this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Our free intro and WPL music was obtained from Chausik and some public ringtones. Our host for this episode, Vijay Kumar Balasubramaniam, at BVijay Kumar ji Ayer at Fully Arbit and Vasant Kumar at VKPL 007. The next episode, it'll include a review of the WPL league phase with a preview of the three playoff games. There will be a brief sneak peek into the real thing, IPL 2023. And then, while we are at it, we can start the debate on the playing 11 for the WTC final, also known as Should Ashwin Be in the 11? Thank you, everyone.
2: Thank you.